idea what we're going to call this project. So, hello and welcome to a new project wherein um, myself, Carter, and my host, Riley, are going to read uh, some old literature together and uh, ideally entertain entertain you with the rhetoric and uh, uh, literary and critical analysis that we will bring to it. Riley, do you want to talk a little bit about your credentials, as it were, that would qualify you for a project like this? <laughs> Happily. Uh, my name is Riley. I am an English teacher in Washington State. I do have a degree in English language arts. And uh, Carter and I are involved in a lot of other sort of creative projects. He is my dungeon master for Dungeons & Dragons. We, uh, I would say that we're the two most uh, narratively critical people of our particular friend group and that we always have a lot to say about the uh the things that we watch and the things we enjoy exactly and i've been so and how long have you been teaching this will be my either my fifth year or my sixth year i always get that one mixed up wow you've been teaching for a lot longer than i've even i've i even thought you were i keep forget i keep forgetting if i should count the substitute year or not how long were you a substitute for? About a full year. And then at the, yes. at the end of it, I had those uh, two months where I was at Mount Vernon. And then they liked me so much that they kept me on for a year. And then I got out of there as quickly as I could. Oh, you should absolutely count that year. So this is year <laughs> six. All right. So you've been teaching for six years. I've been teaching first grade for three and a half months. And I also have a degree in English language, in English literature and creative writing. And so we are both teachers. I will say this, Carter. Um, when it comes to teaching first grade, I feel like it's sort of a dog years thing where one year of teaching first graders is like <laughs> three years of teaching. I mean, with this year in particular, it does feel that way. So, yeah. I mean, credited. Yeah, that is it is it is a um, I teach fully remote um, literature. Well, I don't teach fully remote literature. I teach fully remote uh, um my my class and and I will for this entire year. Brave man. So so this book that was given to me by my grandmother along with nine others is called the young uh, the young folks. So it's from the young folks shelf of books, but it's the junior classics, uh, popular edition published by Collier, and it was published and renewed in 1948. And I've looked up, I've tried to find any any evidence evidence to suggest that I can't read these stories on a published medium like a podcast and i have not been able to find anything that I, I, nothing says i can't, yeah, can't all of the people who wrote these books are dead all of all the people <laughs> the who published these books are dead yep the publishing company barely exists anymore i think it's been like it's just been co-opted and and you know grabbed by somebody else but nobody's ever going to be i guess I, my at this point i am so confident in reading these that if we get popular enough that somebody cares enough then we've already sort of made this as successful as it could possibly get yeah that's our mission statement being reached yeah it's natural getting, conclusion <laughs> getting slapped on the wrist by the publisher of these books it would would be the sort of swan song epic finale to this whole project <laughs> because they're never going to find out about it and if they do we succeeded we are going to we're going to look at these books through a lens of of critical analysis but also with the notion that these are books written for children who were kicking around in 1948. But even if they're written for children, like there's still merit and reason for why fairy tales are important nowadays because they are short little tales that are charming, that teach children valuable lessons. And since we are two 
educated people, we should be able to look at these stories that have not really passed the test of time and see whether or not there is merit to them being back in the public eye, at least through our silly little podcast. Yes, and it's also worth noting that while some of these stories are collected from non, non-white non origins, this these are very geared toward a European white audience in both, like, subject matter and... Uh, and, and like or, origin while while there isn't like i wouldn't say that there's you there's going to be a lot of content warnings for any of this stuff because they are fairy tales that were appropriate for children in 1948 there is a great deal of of death dismemberment um <laughs> some not great gender roles depicted in general bad vibes a lot of general bad vibes but a lot of it is what i would say is 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 delivered with a deadpan surrealist edge that I don't think they were ever going for at the time, but comes off that way now um, that I think is going to be pretty clear in this, especially this first one. Like a sort um, of proto Werner Herzog. Yeah. Like <laughs> the cavalier way that they d- deal with death in these fairy tales is just like, yep. Then that man drowned in a pond. Like and that was, that was that. That's that. And everybody said, oh, good. Everybody Happy go to on. have that man drowned. So, so the format of this of this show is is that I'm going to read. At least I'm going to start out by being the primary reader. I'm going to read these stories to you, and at the end of the show, and this will be in the show notes as well. At the end of the show, there will be a timestamp where you can skip to if you would like to hear an uninterrupted, unabridged version of the story read by me, or possibly occasionally Riley. Where so basically, if you want to hear the story first without us interrupting each other constantly to joke about it and laugh. You can do that, and then you can scrub back to the beginning to hear us talk about it. Or if you just want to hear us like experience the story fresh, you can do it that way too. Because I kind of wanted to make are, we will be interrupting each other a lot. <laughs> exactly. I wanted to make it approachable so that like if if somebody wanted to have the fresh version in their mind, so they're they're forming their own thoughts and takes on it, and then they listen to us, you know, take it apart. Um, they could do that. So my first story. Are you ready? I'm ready. The first story is called Here After This. Ooh. And it is by Joseph by Jacobs. By Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> and it is a story from... <laughs> R.I.P., right? Yeah. I mean, dang. Oh, that's another thing. We don't swear on this show. We don't? So I'm going to bleep that one Uh-oh. out. Uh-oh. I didn't know this beforehand. That Yep, that's a rule. I'm now... I, I'm, I'm making hereafter. So I said my one. Well, it I'm is, never gonna it is about again. kids. It's about kids' stories. Here, here, is the reason, here is the reason for that. We are educators who are currently employed in school di- public school districts in the state of Washington. And I don't want to give them any reason to get on us. That's fair. And also, we could tell a lot more people about it more easily. That's true. That's true. This is a tale from England. Here after this by Joseph Jacobs. By the way, just jump in whenever, man. All right. Okay. Once upon a time, there was a farmer called Jan and he lived all alone by himself in a little farmhouse. Already redundant. Mm-hmm. By and by, he thought that he would like to have a wife to keep it all vitty for him. Yeah, gotta keep it vitty. <laughs> you gotta, gotta keep it. Jan's gotta keep it 100. <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep it all vitty. Well, no idea what that means, but I'm sure it's... I mean, it makes sense in context. It's probably the, it's the 14th ver- century version of On Fleek. Yep, exactly. Got to keep it. So, uh, start from the top, but say on fleek instead of vitty. All right. 
By all right, so once upon now I'll just start. By and by, he thought that he would like to have a wife to keep it all nice and on fleek for him. <laughs> so he went to court in a fine maid, and he said to her, "Will ye marry me?" That I will, to be sure," she said. Well, that was easy. I thought that would be the big conflict <laughs> of the story, but he just went out and found the first person that he thought. Okay, I wouldn't hate yeah. that. Well, he went to courting, so like they skipped the courting part. But right, right, right. He, there's a there's a whole part where they went to courting. Right. If this was a movie adaption, then the uh, song Froggy and Accordion he did right uh-huh, would be playing during it. It would be like a two-minute montage then. Okay, he's got a wife. Go home, everybody. He's got a wife. But then, you know, the real trouble begins. Uh-oh. So they went to church and were wed. After the wedding was over, she got up on his horse behind him, and he brought her home. And they lived as happy as the day was long. The end. <laughs> One day, Jan said to his wife, Wife, can you milky? Oh, oh yes, what? Jen. I can milky. Uh, Mother used to milky when I lived home. I'm frightened. So he went to market and bought her ten red cows. See, relax. Oh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> All went well till one day when she had driven them to the pond to drink. She thought they did not drink fast enough. So she drove them right into the pond to make them drink faster, and they were all drowned. Oh, no. This is what I'm talking about. Oh, no. (laughs) Death is, like, the most blindsided in this. (laughs) In these stories. It's like, whatever. Ten cows? Screw them. They're gone. (sighs) When Jan came home, she up and told him what she had done. And he said, oh, well, they're never mind, my dear. Better luck next time. Uh, wow, okay. Very... You know, it's it's fine because Jan Jan is a very forgiving man. Is Jan a very see, rich man? Can he replace eight cows that easily? Uh, ten cows, and you know, ten well, cows. You have to see because everything was going well for a while. But truly, Jan's patience will be tested in this story. When Jan came home, right? Uh, so they went on for a bit, and then one day, Jan said to his wife, "Wife, can you serve pigs?" "Oh yes, Jan, I can serve pigs. Mother used to serve pigs when I lived home." So Jan went to market and bought her some pigs. All went well, till one day, when she had put their food into the trough, she thought they did not eat fast enough. And she pushed their heads into the trough to make them eat faster, and they were all choked. Okay. So there go the pigs. Yeah, this is, uh... Hey, Jan, I don't know if red flags were a concept back in your time, but (laughs) this one's getting waved pretty proudly. Also, I want to know how long of time went by for All Went Well. All Went Well till one day. Like, did she deal with these pigs for, like, years super successfully until this one time? Or did she have or them for, like, Or was it, like, 15 hours? minutes? <laughs> All was going pretty well. Yeah, everything was fine. Minutes. Yeah, how long was it going fine, narrator? Are you bearing the lead to hide the fact that Jan's wife is a serial killer who kills <laughs> animals? Uh, I guess that's not a serial killer. That's just a, well, it's a proto-serial killer, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, she's just, they, the pigs didn't eat fast enough. What are you going to do? Wait. No. You shove their heads in the food till they choke. Okay. Huh. Well, so she up and told him what she had done, and he said, oh, well, there, never mind, my dear. Better luck next time. So they went on for a bit. And then one day, Jan said to his wife, wife, can you bakey? Oh, yes, Jan, I can bakey. Mother used to bakey when I lived home. So he bought everything for his wife so that she could break bread. Can I make a called shot? <laughs> yeah. can, can I can I point to the stadium's edge like Babe Ruth and call a shot here? 
What do you think is going to happen with the bread? I think Jan's going to be too slow at doing something with the bread. She's going to shove him into an oven. Shove Jan into the oven? Yeah. My gosh. It's it's so much more harmless and silly than that with this one. Because remember, she doesn't have any livestock to mercilessly slaughter this time. <laughs> She's true. just got some bread ingredients. Uh, so, all, so she bought everything for his wife so that she could bake bread. All went well for a bit. Until one day, she thought she would bake white bread for a treat for Jan. So she carried her meal to the top of a high hill and let the wind blow on it. For she thought to herself that the wind would blow out all the bran. But the wind blew away meal and bran and all, so there was an end of it. Oops. <clears throat> so she took all her dry ingredients for bread up to the top of a hill and just, I guess, held it out and the wind blew it all away. And she was like, ah, no bread. Uh, these are the things you'll learn in Cooking 101. <laughs> Step class number one. Please don't put your dry ingredients out in the wind. Do, it do, won't just blow all the bad stuff away. It'll blow it all away. Wind does not discriminate. Now, I never took home ec when I was in high school, but I feel like there should be a lesson about that. Yeah, don't you? You got. You can't let it. So, it, uh, well, so she comes. She comes forward about all this. When Jan came home, she up and told him what she had done, and he said. Can you guess? Oh, well, there, never mind, my dear. Better luck next time. So they went on for a bit. And then one day, Jan said to his wife, Wife, can you brewy? Oh, yes, Jan, I can brewy. Mother used to brewy when I lived home. Mother so he... took care of a lot of business and didn't yeah. teach her daughter any of it, apparently. <laughs> they did not pass down all of this stuff. Maybe, maybe mom was pretty stoked when Jan <laughs> went to Corton and got her away from the household. Yeah, we we uh, we switch over to to her old house, and Mom is just throwing a nonstop party because her long nightmare is finally over. She's breaking so much bread, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe it's been like a hundred days since all my bread blew away in the wind because my daughter is such an idiot." She has ten cows, and these cows have lasted longer than all the others. They lasted a whole three months on the property. <laughs> Anyway, can you brewy? Can you brewy? Oh, yeah, I can brewy. So he bought everything proper for his wife to brew ale with. All went well for a bit. For a bit. So one day, she had brewed her ale and put it in the barrel. A big black dog came in and looked up in her face. She drove him out of the house, but he stayed outside the door and still looked up in her face. And she got so angry. (laughs) She got so angry that she pulled out the plug of the barrel threw it at the dog and said what dost look at me for i be jan's wife i'm jan i'm jan's wife who the hell do you think i am (laughs) i used to be a maid but now i'm jan's wife and i don't deserve this kind of treatment listen i'm just a woman doing her best mom didn't teach me jack So the dog ran down the road, and she after him to chase him right away. When she came back again, she found that the ale had all run out of the barrel. Gee, who could have foreseen this? (laughs) So there was an end of it. When Jan came home, she up and told him what she had done, and he said, Oh, well, there, never mind, my dear. Better luck next time. Jan, just feel something. Anything. (laughs) You can't keep bottling up your emotions. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be irritated. You're a not man right now. You're a not person. Just feel something, Jan. She's right there. Jan's clearly a workaholic. 
type because he's bringing in all this money for stuff to make beer and stuff to make bread and cows and pigs. And and occasionally he thinks maybe my wife should have a hobby. Yeah, every now and then, hey, you want to make beer? <laughs> Can you be? <laughs> uh, so they went on for a bit. And then one day she thought to herself, tis time to clean up my house. When Uh-oh. she was taking down her big bed, she found a bag of groats on the tester. So when Jan came home, she up and said to him, Jan, what is that bag of groats on the tester for? That is for here after this, my dear. Now, a lot of those words don't make a lot of sense. I think groats is money. I don't know what the tester is. I just looked it up. Groats is a type of grain. Oh, okay. So it's good grain, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta right. have, yeah, got to have the Google machine on hand for some of these stories, I've already figured. Well, that doesn't explain a lot about the next piece where it, it makes more sense if it was money, but I guess maybe it was a trading system. So anyway, so he says that is for here after this, which is all one word. Now, <clears throat> comma, there was a robber outside the window and oh, he heard what no. Jan said. <laughs> yeah. Next day, he waited till Jan had gone to market. So that's what Jan does, I guess. He goes to market. And then he came and knocked at the door. What do you please to want, said Mally. Now we finally learned the wife's name. <laughs> wow, okay. Really burying that lead. <laughs> Her name is Mally and has been this whole time. Not that it has been important at all to mention it. Is that M-A-L-L-E-Y? Uh, M-A-L-L-Y. Mm. This is the so part the where robber, she finally takes control of the story and gets her agency back. Not even close. <laughs> the robber, uh, the clever man, says, I am here after this. Like introducing himself like that's his name, said the robber. Man. Mm-hmm. I have come for the bag of groats. Now, how do you think... Do you think think Mally's gonna? She's gonna go say, along with "Wait this one? a minute, I know you. You're that clever <laughs> land shark again, aren't you?" The problem is, it says here. Now the robber was dressed like a fine gentleman, so she thought to herself, "It was very kind of so fine a man to come for the bag of groats." So she ran upstairs and fetched the bag of groats and gave it to the robber, and he went away with it. When Jan came home, she said to him, "Jan, here after this has been for the bag of groats." What do you mean, wife? Doesn't use Mally's name. Nope. Said Jan. Probably doesn't know it. Probably doesn't know it. Probably doesn't know his wife's name. Now, when you go a courting, do you just like, is it like speed dating? Do you just, I don't know, maybe. When when you go a courting, I mean, don't you just like do house calls and just sort of like take long walks through like pastures? Making house calls sounds insanely clinical. Yeah, it does. But I mean, you know, you just go around and buzz buzz people's houses and see if anybody wants to take a really long walk in an orchard. <laughs> and then maybe get hitched afterwards. Yeah. I wonder how many long walks they went. And anyway, so she was like, they're never say half of one. Never asked my name. <laughs> so she up and told him and he said, then I'm a ruined man for oh. that money was to pay our rent with. So that money was to pay our rent with. Uh, okay, maybe Google just lied to me then. Maybe it's not grain. I think it's probably grain, but maybe also money, or maybe grain was money. Maybe the real groats were the friends we made along the way. We have to We have to also understand here that these stories were written or, or, or like compiled in 1938, but not written in 1938. Right. <laughs> many, many, many years before then. So this is what Jan does after losing all of his money for rent. 
The only thing we can do is to roam the world over till we find the bag of groats. Then Jan took the house door off its hinges. Excuse me? <laughs> That's all we shall have to lie on, he said. So Jan put the door on his back, and they both set out to look for hereafter. Now, this. hold on. If you have a landlord that you're paying rent to in the form of groats, I don't think... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that stealing the door and running away to find the rent money is not going to be part of the contract. I Maybe think when you get property, it's a BYO door <laughs> sort of deal. Yeah, this is this the store belonged to Jan years before he ended up on the farm, and when he got it, he installed it. He's like, mm-hmm. finally, this door has a home. Well, it's just as it's expected that when a new tenant, when an old tenant leaves, they take the door. And when a new tenant arrives, they bring a door with them on their back. They left the hinges, took them right off the hinges. Also, Jan has some weird expectations on whether or not the house is still going to be here when he gets back with the groats when they find it. If they're going to wander the world over. Yeah, they're going to wander the world over. Door, wooden door on his back. Now they're going to use that door, which is nice. To club hereafter this into submission so they can get their groats back. Oh, got a cat running around. Many a long day they went, and in the night, Jan used to put the door on the branches of a tree, and they would sleep on it. So see, it's like camping gear. Right. (laughs) One night, they came to a big hill, and there was a high tree at the foot. So Jan put the door up in it, and they got up in the tree and went to sleep. By and by, Jan's wife heard a noise. Mally, we know her name. Come her on, name look. is Mally. And she looked to see what it was. It was an opening of a door in the side of the hill. <gasps> Out came two fine gentlemen with a long table. The and behind story them, just keeps going. It's almost over, yeah. Behind them, fine ladies and gentlemen, each carrying a bag. And one of them was here after this with the bag of groats. They sat round the table and began to drink and talk and count up all the money in the bags. So then Jan's wife woke him up and asked what they should do. Now's our time, said Jan, and he pushed the door off the branches, and it fell right in the very middle of the table and frightened the robbers so that they all ran away. (laughs) We we did it. We defeated the hobbit burglars. (laughs) We just dropped a table on them, like Katniss in the first Hunger Games. Blammo. I'm shocked, shocked this story didn't have that door, like, take out a few of the people, because it's, yeah. they so often do. Then Jan and his wife got down from the tree, took as many money bags as they could carry on the door, and went straight home. And Jan bought his wife more cows, more pigs, and they lived happily ever after. Okay. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, before, my my biggest point was that you could easily just start the story by saying, Jan lived at the farm with his wife, Mally, and we didn't need the whole build-up to him getting a wife. But now that has been greatly pushed down in the favor of what was the moral? What did anyone have to learn from this? Yeah, so when you, when you, when you go, when you try to find the, the motifs and, and lessons of a story, you have to start with what was the problem, right? Yes. Now, is the problem that the money was stolen, which was like, bare, you know, just kind of pushed all the way through to the bitter end of the story, and then you hear about that part? Or was the problem that Jan married an idiot who couldn't do anything? <laughs> I don't know, because in the end, 
like she didn't do anything to redeem herself other than wake up her husband who then pulled off a legolas shield slide onto a table mm-hmm. so ostensibly then jan is the main character here right does jan develop not really. No, she just, he gets his wife, Mally, more pigs and more cows. And then, well, I, you know. This doesn't sound like a fairy tale. It sounds like a story that the most elderly member of your extended family would tell at a family reunion. And everyone else smiles and nods because they've heard it a million times before. And you're just silently thinking, why are you all enabling this? This story it's- is nothing. <laughs> It does sound more like more like gossip than an actual story. Did Where you hear like, what Jan's wife did? Her <laughs> did you hear Jan's Mally. wife? So anyway, get this. Jan buys his wife ten cows. <laughs> you know what she does with them? Well, all was going well until one day she was trying to get them to drink out of a pond and didn't think they were drinking fast enough. So she ups and pushes them all into the pond and they drown. Oh, that's steady, right? That's no way to be. That's why we didn't have clean pond water for a few years after that. Because all the cow corpses. Because on, on account of the dead cows. <laughs> so then what is to learn? What do we have here to take with us? I guess there's partially a lesson of being patient and thinking things through. Because Jan's wife, Mally, her name is Mally, everybody oftentimes didn't think things through and oftentimes was too impatient to take the time to think things through. Mm. And that's why she caused trouble after trouble after trouble for her husband. But if that was the moral, you'd think that the way the story wrapped up in the end would have recognized that at all. Where Jan says like, and now Mally, you must listen close. We must, we mustn't be too fast to jump to action. And we should think critically about the the situations ahead of us. And we should wonder, hey, if I push this pig's face down into the food, <laughs> will it choke and die? If you think about it, in the end, Jan saves the day by being just as impulsive as his wife by doing a hood slide on a door off of a tree to land on a tiny group Yeah, table I mean, he's, he just essentially thieves away. thunders on down on, on what are, uh, I guess... A band of thieves living in a hill? Yeah. I want to know more about the hill bandits. I want to learn more about the hill bandits as well. I gotta plug my headphones in. It's giving me a noise. I feel like a lot of... At least from the two examples I've seen so far of this book you've provided, a lot of these stories' problems is that they are so long-winded and that they don't get to the point. First, the issue was Jan needs a wife. Then the issue was Jan's wife keeps messing up. Then the issue was Jan and Mally have to go on a quest. No one really has a standard set through line. The plot keeps changing. There's definitely a meandering quality to these where it's like, and why was that information important? Why do we need to know about this bit? Why do we keep talking about my mother-in-law, says Jan? (laughs) Like, ah, good. Do you think, do you think like the mom, because we gave the mom a lot of credit earlier, but do you think the mom actually did teach Mally how to do stuff, but it wasn't like she did it all wrong and that's where Mally went wrong. And really Mally is the real victim here because she was taught, taught how to do things badly and nobody ever verified or made sure that she was just like, can you brew beer? And she's like, yeah, sure. Maybe Mally's mom taught her incorrectly as a joke. Exactly. Well, and then the brewing thing, though. But here's here's the problem with that. That that doesn't hold water 
and for the literal reason that Ma- Mally very likely brewed just some incredible beer. We have no idea because yeah, she didn't ruin the beer. She just upset. uncorked the barrel. Yeah, she just took the bung out. And who knows how good that beer would have been. We'll never know. What if it was like legit? Yeah, I guess the issue is just that she was impulsive and quick to react to something when she just need to sit back and just chill for a second and not wig out over a dog. <laughs> a dog that wouldn't up and look at her and like, you know. <laughs> Don't you look at me, dog. How dare that dog look at her? She's Jan's wife. <laughs> My name is Mally. I was Mally before I was Jan's wife, and I was Mally after being Jan's wife. <laughs> now, the dog didn't say any of this, so we can clearly see that Mally is dealing with a lot right now. Do we need a... Do we need, like, a wrap-up? Should we have, like, a, um... Like a... Would this... Does this deserve a spot on the shelf, this one? I was actually thinking about this before we started recording that, like, the main things I wanted to focus on afterwards were the lessons, the narrative, and we both focused on that. And the third was the verdict. So whether or not this story deserves to be lost to the rough drafts of history, whether or not it deserves a second chance, I think this is uh, this one's staying in the bin for sure. Yeah, this one, I mean, this, there's no, I guess there's no, there, one, one, there's no wow factor here. It's not got any kind of magic. It's not got any kind of, like, excitement. It has some thieves that live in a hill, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. So then let's, let's, let's put a pin on this one, and we'll just we'll keep, it, we'll keep it short and keep it tight, and we'll just say, I've been Carter. I am still Riley. And keep it, <laughs> keep it, keep it nit- nitty out there. Was that the word? <laughs> I don't think so. Vitty. Keep it Vitty. <laughs> keep, Not keep it Vitty. <laughs> Hold on. Let me try that again. Keep it Vitty, folks. Here After This by Joseph Jacobs. Once upon a time, there was a farmer called Jan, and he lived all alone by himself in a little farmhouse. By and by, he thought that he would like to have a wife to keep it all vitty for him. So he went to court in a fine maid, and he said to her, Will you marry me? That I will, to be sure, she said. So they went to church and were wed. After the wedding was over, she got up on his horse behind him, and he brought her home, and they lived as happy as the day was long. One day, Jan said to his wife, Wife, can you milky? Oh, yes, Jan, I could milky. Mother used to milky when I lived home. So he went to market and bought her ten red cows. All went well till one day when she had driven them to the pond to drink. She thought they did not drink fast enough. So she drove them right into the pond to make them drink faster, and they were all drowned. When Jan came home, she up and told him what she had done, and he said, Oh well, there never mind, dear. Better luck next time. So they went on for a bit, and then one day Jan said to his wife, Wife, Can you serve pigs? Oh, yes, Jan, I can serve pigs. Mother used to serve pigs when I lived home. So Jan went to market and bought her some pigs. All went well, till one day, when she had put their food into the trough, she thought they did not eat fast enough. And she pushed their heads into the trough to make them eat faster. And they were all choked. When Jan came home, she up and told him what she had done. And he said, Oh, well, there, never mind, my dear. Better luck next time. So they went on for a bit. And then one day, Jan said to his wife, Wife, can you bakey? 
Oh, yes, Jan, I can bake ye. Mother used to bake ye when I lived home. So he bought everything for his wife so that she could bake bread. All went well for a bit, till one day she thought she would bake white bread for a treat for Jan. So she carried her meal to the top of a high hill and let the wind blow on it, for she thought to herself that the wind would blow out all the bran. But the wind blew away meal and bran and all, so there was an end of it. When Jan came home, she up and told him what she had done, and he said, Oh, well, there, never mind. My dear, better luck next time. So they went on for a bit. And then one day Jan said to his wife, Wife, can you brewy? Oh, yes, Jan, I can brewy. Mother used to brewy when I lived home. So he bought everything proper for his wife to brew ale with. All went well for a bit, till one day when she had brewed her ale and put it in the barrel, a big black dog came in and looked up in her face. She drove him out of the house, but he stayed outside the door and still looked up in her face. And she got so angry that she pulled out the plug of the barrel, threw it at the dog, and said, What dost look at me for? I be Jan's wife. Then the dog ran down the road, and she after him to chase right away. When she came back again, she found that the ale had all run out of the barrel, and so there was an end of it. When Jan came home, she up and told him what she had done, and he said, Oh, well there, never mind, my dear. Better luck next time. So they went on for a bit, and then one day she thought to herself, "'Tis time to clean up my house." When she was taken down her big bed, she found a bag of groats on the tester. So when Jan came home, she up and said to him, "'Jan, what is that bag of groats on the tester for?' "'That is for here after this, my dear.' Now there was a robber outside the window, and he heard what Jan said. Next day he waited till Jan had gone to market, and then he came and knocked at the door. "'What do you please to want?' said Mally. "'I am here after this,' said the robber. "'I have come for the bag of groats.' Now the robber was dressed like a fine gentleman, so she thought to herself it was very kind of so fine a man to come for the bag of groats. So she ran upstairs and fetched the bag of groats and gave it to the robber, and he went away with it. When Jan came home, she said to him, "'Jan, here after this has been for the bag of groats.' "'What do you mean, wife?' said Jan." So she up and told him, and he said, Then I am a ruined man, for that money was to pay our rent with. The only thing we can do is to roam the world over till we find the bag of groats. Then Jan took the do house door off its hinges. That's all we, have, we shall have to lie on, he said. So Jan put the door on his back, and they both set out to look for hereafter this. Many a long day they went, and in the night Jan used to put the door on the branches of a tree and they would sleep on it. One night they came to a big hill, and there was a high tree at the foot. So Jan put the door up in it, and they got up in the tree and went to sleep. By and by, Jan's wife heard a noise, and she looked to see what it was. It was an opening of a door in the side of the hill. Out came two fine gentlemen with a long table, and behind them fine ladies and gentlemen, each carrying a bag, and one of them was here after this with the bag of groats. They sat round the table and began to drink and talk and count up all the money in the bags. So then Jan's wife woke him up and asked what they should do. Now's our time, said Jan, and he pushed the door off the branches and it fell right in the middle of the table and frightened the robbers so that they all ran away. Then Jan and his wife got down from the tree, took as many money bags as they could carry on the door and went straight home. And Jan bought his wife more cows and more pigs 
and they lived happily ever after. The end.